What is up everyone? It's Quinn here and in this video I'm going to be going through my week 11 running back start sits, talking about every single week 11 matchup, talking about every single fantasy relevant running back and then listing them as either a start, fringe option or a sit. The starts are going to be the players you feel confident starting as your running back one or your running back two. The fringe options, maybe these guys could be startable if you have guys on buy, maybe a weak running back room, you prefer them as like your RB3 but they could be playable and then sits, these are players that you would prefer to be keeping on your bench. Let's just dive right into the Thursday night matchup. And we have a pretty good one this week. Bengals taking on the Ravens. For the Bengals, Joe Mixon has really kind of found his groove over the last few weeks. This Bengals offense looks a lot better. Joe Mixon is getting into the end zone, which is obviously going to help his fantasy production. So Mixon is going to be a pretty clear start for me this week. Then for the Ravens, I have Gus Edwards here as a start. Um, he's still going to be the top option for this Ravens backfield. He led all the running backs in snaps, routes run, and opportunities. And he also took the two goal line snaps, which is what's going to be most important in this Ravens backfield because there's not going to be a ton of receiving work. So when they're near the goal line, those touchdowns are really going to carry their production at the running back position. Looking at Keaton Mitchell here, he had another solid game and he is going to be a factor moving forward. He had multiple 30 plus yard gains on just five opportunities. So the dude is a big play waiting to happen. I do think he could continue to eat into this backfield, but as of right now, I would prefer Gus Edwards as the start and then sitting Keaton Mitchell and Justice Hill. Now pivoting over to Sunday, we have the Cowboys taking on the Panthers. And I talked about Tony Pollard pretty in depth in my uh, trade target video. I'm still going to have him as a start here. His workload continues to be pretty strong. Um, obviously, we haven't seen the same efficiency. He's not playing at the same high level he was last season, but he's the running back one on one of the better offenses in the NFL. I'm not sitting that production. And even when we look at his point per game number, like he's still a running back two on the season. So even though he's been unbelievably disappointing um, compared to where you drafted him, I still definitely think he's startable week to week. And that's where I have him here. And then I'm going to be sitting Rico Dowdle. Had a solid game, got a lot of carries because they were in a blowout. I still think he's the handcuff at this point. Tony Pollard should be their running back one moving forward. Then for the Panthers here, I have Chuba Hubbard as a fringe play. He um, does have the most valuable role in this offense at this point. He's going to take the bulk of the carries. He's going to have some sort of um, receiving involvement, but this is just a really tough matchup against the Cowboys, and he's not an offense that I don't have a ton of faith is going to put up a lot of points. I don't know if the efficiency is going to be there. So he's going to be more of a uh, fringe option for me this week. In the next one, we have a divisional matchup between the Steelers and the Browns. And for the Steelers, this is pretty much what I've been doing every week. Uh, Jalen Warren and Najee Harris are both going to be fringe options. Both guys actually had pretty solid games in week 10. It kind of seems like they sync up their touchdown games, which is a little bit strange, but this is still going to be a locked in split here. Tough matchup against the Browns, so it's tough to get overly excited about either player. Personally, I think Jalen Warren is the better option. I actually feel like he's a pretty solid NFL running back, like a pretty good starter, but they're still going to keep this as a very solid split in a tough matchup. I don't think we can see these guys as anything more than running back three plays. Now for the Browns, I'm going to have Jerome Ford as a start and Kareem Hunt as a sit. Once again, Jerome Ford just saw the much better usage in week 10. He had a 64% snap share, 59% route participation. He took 17 of the 27 running back carries. And I mean, 17 carries in a game where they were trailing for the majority of it against the Ravens, that is very impressive usage. I think if you're super desperate, Kareem Hunt could be playable just because they could be ahead in this game, which means they would just be feeding these running backs. But ideally, I would just be playing uh, Jerome Ford out of this backfield. Next up is another divisional matchup between the Bears and the Lions. Now for the Bears, some things are definitely up in the air here. 
So they played on Thursday night. Khalil Herbert had the opportunity to come off of IR, and he actually practiced during the week, but he did not end up suiting up on Thursday night. So I would assume that he would be good to go here um, like a week and a half later. And if he is good to go, then I'd prefer to just sit all these running backs, Deonta Foreman, Khalil Herbert, and Roshan Johnson. It's a tough matchup against the Lions, and it's probably going to be um, a pretty heavy split between those guys. Now, if Khalil Herbert is not able to play, I would have Deonta Foreman at worst as like a fringe option. He carried a ton of times against the Panthers. Obviously, the matchup was better just in terms of the game script. So I think that we have to factor that in. But if Herbert is not able to go, Deonta Foreman definitely does become playable. And then for the Lions, we have to talk about this backfield here. I'm going to be starting Jameer Gibbs and David Montgomery. There was a lot of talk surrounding the Gibbs-Montgomery split heading into the uh, week 10 matchup. In my rankings, I had them directly back to back. So I had Gibbs one spot ahead of David Montgomery, but I liked both of them as high-end running back twos. I feel like after watching that week 10 game, you have to feel pretty great if you're rostering Jameer Gibbs. I know there are a lot of people out there, even some in the comments, who were telling me I was overthinking it. David Montgomery's the guy. Jameer Gibbs is just the third down back. That is definitely not what we saw in week 10. Kind of surprisingly, um, you know, even I was kind of shocked as someone who's pretty in on Gibbs. He led the backfield with a 58% snap share, had a 64% route participation. The routes kind of make sense, even though it is high, um, but I was not expecting him to take more snaps than David Montgomery. Jameer Gibbs also led with 14 carries to 12 for David Montgomery, and then Gibbs was targeted five times. David Montgomery was not targeted once. I think probably the biggest surprise of this entire game was Jameer Gibbs taking four of the seven goal line snaps, and it's not like he was in there and he wasn't able to perform. He went in there, um, took four of those snaps, and it led to two goal line touchdowns. So he got the goal line looks. That's where the touchdown upside is going to come from. And he converted on two different drives. So I do think at this point, you have to view Jameer Gibbs as the better option moving forward. I don't think he's going to consistently take like 50 plus percent of the goal line work. I still think they're going to have David Montgomery have that role. But the fact that Jameer Gibbs is at least going to have some opportunities, like if Jameer Gibbs goes out there rips a 30-yard run, it definitely seems plausible that they're just going to keep him in here, um, let him get the touchdown, as opposed to he rips the run, and then David Montgomery's just in there to like vulture these short touchdowns. So I think that was a great look for Jameer Gibbs. Um, and I just think also his receiving role is just clearly superior to David Montgomery. The way I was looking at it heading into this game was like Montgomery's going to have the touchdown upside. Jameer Gibbs is going to be the way more involved pass catcher. But now it seems like that touchdown upside is definitely much closer than it was heading into this game. And then the receiving gap is just going to be very large between these two guys. So I like both of them moving forward, but I think you could probably consider Jameer Gibbs to be a running back one. David Montgomery, more of like that high to mid-tier RB2 territory. Um, next is going to be the Chargers taking on the Packers. For the Chargers here, nothing crazy. You fire up Austin Eckler like you've been doing every single week. Now for the Packers, kind of a tough week for Aaron Jones in terms of his fantasy points, but I think the usage was still encouraging. I know he had a few tough games coming off his injury, and then it seemed like, oh, he was back in week nine. You may feel rough that he's like regressing here in week 10, but he had 13 carries, six targets. In most games, if you're giving Aaron Jones 19 opportunities, especially six targets, he's going to give you nice production more often than not. Um, this week, he has a great matchup here against the Chargers. 
who have allowed the fourth most points per game to the running back position. And then you'll notice I also have AJ Dillon as a fringe option. I just mentioned the nice matchup and AJ Dillon has actually scored nine or more PPR points in four of the last five games. Not a crazy high bar, but if you're desperate, that's not bad for like an RB3 option. And even with Aaron Jones having an increased workload over the past two weeks, AJ Dillon has still averaged 11 opportunities per game um, during those two matchups. So he has still been involved. Plus you add in the matchup, four teams on by, I believe this week. So I think he's playable as like a fringe option, RB3. Obviously don't feel great about it, but he could be someone you slide in there. The next matchup is going to have the Cardinals taking on the Texans. And I did want to talk about James Conner here. First game off of IR, and he was honestly pretty close to stepping back into his pre-injury role. He saw 16 of the 19 running back carries, which is really what we've kind of come to expect here out of James Conner in this Cardinals backfield. The one area that he didn't necessarily retain prior to the injury was that he did see a fall off as a pass catcher only had a 36% route participation. Keontae Ingram was in there running some routes, and then he was not targeted a single time. Now, I definitely think that role could grow for him moving forward. Like, I don't think they're super committed to having Keontae Ingram in that receiving down role. Um, so I think that could build, but I think it's honestly encouraging that he saw um, 16 carries in his first game back. I think that's good to see. I like him as a running back two rest of season. Then for the Texans here, this is really just going to come down to Damian Pierce's health. So if Damian Pierce continues to miss time, you fire up Devin Singletary as a very strong start here in a plus matchup. If Pierce is back, I think they're both fringe options. They've been in a very solid split. Um, It's a nice matchup. So I think they're both playable as RB3 options. The next game is going to be the Titans taking on the Jaguars. Now for the Titans, we have Derrick Henry coming off of a very, very down game. It was rough for Derrick Henry. No other way around it. Tajay Spears actually outproduced him, but I still think you go back to the well here for Derrick Henry. Um, It's kind of unfortunate because it seemed like they had this nice upside going with Will Levis at quarterback. He had the one boom game, kind of come back down to earth over the past two weeks, but you still got to fire up Derrick Henry here. At worst, he's like a running back two week to week, and then going to be sitting Tajay Spears, even coming off a decent game. You just can't count on the workload week to week. Then for the Jaguars, Travis Etienne with his first not-so-great game in a long, long time. Even in a bad matchup here against the Titans, you keep firing him up. He has that receiving upside, even if he isn't going to be uh, super efficient on the ground. Another pretty solid uh, running back matchup with the Raiders taking on the Dolphins. For the Raiders, you keep firing up Josh Jacobs as a solid week-to-week play. And then for the Dolphins, some potential good news here. I would expect to get Devon Achan back this week. And if he's back, I'm firing him up. I'm not worried about them like gearing him up. He was never going to be a huge workload guy. So if they're splitting touches, him and Raheem Mostert, I like both of those guys as solid starts. When they were playing together early on in the season, both of these dudes were just absolutely dominating. So I'm going back to the well on both of those guys if Devon A. Chan is able to come off of IR. The next one is going to be a divisional matchup between the Giants and the Commanders. For the Giants, going to be firing up Saquon Barkley. I know the offensive situation is going to be rough, but it's not going to be as bad as it was last week going up against the Cowboys. Commanders defense, definitely not comparable to the Dallas Cowboys. I still think you're going to fire up Saquon Barkley as like a fringe running back one. He's really like their one solid weapon they have. They're going to get him involved. So he's definitely a start. And then for the uh, commanders here, I do think Brian Robinson is a sell high, but I also think he's a really nice play this week. 
this Giants team as a whole is just very, very bad. This is probably going to be a game script that does favor Brian Robinson. They go ahead early, going to be able to run it out as opposed to a trailing game script, which would uh, favor Antonio Gibson. Gibson has actually had solid back-to-back games. Like I said, I just don't think this is going to be the game for him here going up against the Giants. Next is going to be the uh, Buccaneers taking on the 49ers. I feel like we've had a really nice run here at the running back position. Going to be starting both of these guys, Rashad White, Christian McCaffrey. Rashad White's receiving production has been very, very impressive over the past four weeks. That has really, really saved his fantasy production, kind of struggling early on. Then all of a sudden, he starts catching a ton of passes. He's been lighting it up. Then for the 49ers, Christian McCaffrey, RB1 rest of season. Keep firing that man up. Then we are going to have a divisional matchup between the Jets and the Bills. And for the Jets, I went in depth on Brees Hall in my trade target video. I think he's a really nice buy low, so going to fire him up as a start. I know this Jets offense is terrible, but Brees Hall is special. Even in the down games, he's still giving you double-digit points. He has a very high ceiling, even being a part of this offense. And then for the Bills, kind of a tough backfield to navigate at this point. It was a weird game for uh, James Cook. Obviously, it starts out as bad as it possibly could. He loses a fumble on the first play of the game. Then he's benched until some point in the second quarter. He ends up having a decent fantasy day. He was impressive on the ground. I just think at this point, there is very little upside with James Cook because he is not involved near the goal line, which is going to zap a lot of his touchdown upside. And then he's really not involved as a pass catcher. It seems like they don't trust him at all um, to pass block. So in those third downs, he's not even really involved, which is also going to cap his receiving upside. So if you don't have touchdown upside and you don't have receiving upside, and it's not like you're carrying the ball 15 plus times a game, it's going to be tough to confidently fire him up as a week-to-week running back two. So he's probably more of like a high-end running back three. I am going to have him as a fringe option. Then for Latavius Murray, going to be sitting him, even though he got the touchdown, he continues to be outtouched by James Cook, which is not a super great spot to be in. Definitely not someone I would want to uh, rely on week to week. Now shifting into the Seahawks-Rams matchup. For the Seahawks, I'm going to have Kenneth Walker as a start, Zach Charbonnet as a sit. Now we're in a spot here with this backfield where Zach Charbonnet has outsnapped Kenneth Walker in three straight games. Now looking at week 10, Kenneth Walker, even though he was outsnapped by Charbonnet, was still very, very involved, um, had nearly doubled the opportunities of Zach Charbonnet. So I do think he's still the running back one here. I also think this is probably a somewhat favorable game script. Like, I don't think the Rams are going to go out there, light up the Seahawks, and go ahead, which would obviously be a better game script for Zach Charbonnet as more of like that two-minute drill back, the third down guy. So I think this game script does favor Kenneth Walker, but Zach Charbonnet is becoming interesting. Like I said, if this was a game where I thought the Seahawks were going to be trailing, maybe Charbonnet would be more of a fringe option, but this week he's going to be a sit for me. And then for the Rams, um, at least one more week before we get Kyron Williams back. So we're going to have this committee once again of uh, Darrell Henderson and Royce Freeman. This is what I've been doing with this committee. I've been listing uh, Henderson as a fringe option and then Royce Freeman as a sit. Even though they're in a split, Henderson has just been the slightly better option. So that's why I have it laid out that way. Now the next matchup is going to be the Vikings taking on the Broncos. I believe this is Sunday Night Football. And for this video, I'm going to be assuming that Alexander Madison is not able to give it a go. He suffered a concussion. It seems like this season, the majority of players who have gotten a concussion have missed at least one game. So if Alexander Madison is not able to give it a go, I would fire up Ty Chandler as a start. And typically, right, if the clear starter went down, but maybe it was a messy backfield behind that guy, I wouldn't feel confident, you know, just throwing 
the like quote unquote RB2 in there if he wasn't really established as the top option. And that's not really what's happening here with Ty Chandler. He was actually mixing in with Alexander Madison even before he went down. They were pretty much in a 50-50 split. He got that touchdown, I believe, when Madison was um, still healthy, had not suffered the concussion yet. So I think Ty Chandler was their clear top option behind Alexander Madison, and I would expect him to take at least the majority of the opportunities here in this game. So he's going to be a start. If Madison's able to give it a go, just a situation we're going to have to uh, kind of reevaluate later on in the week. For the Broncos, I feel like this is pretty clear. Javante Williams starting to kind of come alive here. Really nice fantasy game against the Bills. I think he's going to be a really nice RB2 rest of season, sitting those uh, depth options, Samaje Pirine, Angelil McLaughlin. And then the final game of the week, um, Super Bowl rematch here, probably the best game of the week, uh, maybe the Thursday night game, but this one's pretty great. Eagles taking on the Chiefs. I feel like you just fire up both of these uh, starting running backs. DeAndre Swift has been a very, very strong fringe running back one all season long, aside from week one, and then going to be sitting his backup, uh, Kenneth Gainwell. And then for the Chiefs, Isaiah Pacheco has had some up and down games. This really isn't a great matchup here against the Eagles, but I still think at worst, he's going to be like a back end running back too. When we look at the top running back on one of the better offenses in the NFL, even though they've been scuffling a little bit, I still think Pacheco is someone you uh, definitely can have some confidence firing up and then going to be sitting the depth options there with Jarek McKinnon and CEH. And that's going to wrap it up for all the week 11 matchups. I hope you guys enjoyed the video. Hopefully this helps you set your uh, starting lineups with the running backs. So thank you all for stopping by. Check out the wide receivers if you haven't already. And thank you. And I will see you in the next one.